not, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I could have brought us in there, but I didn't. Too bad. Welcome to the official Dunstan Checks In podcast. This is the podcast where every episode we talk about one minute of the 1996 Ape film, and uh, we also pair that minute with a fuel a fuel length feature film, and we talk about that as well. Produced by Universal Pictures. I'm Diet Coke. I'm Lord Andrew. Uh, today we're talking about minute 80 of Dunstan Checks In, and we're also talking about. Ed. Ed from 1994? No, it's the other 1996 oh, A film. Oh, it's another Ed. 1996 A film. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Should we get into it? Yeah, so the minute, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. What, what the hell did he say in the last minute? Where's my notes? Oh, so Mr. Grant at the end of the last minute had said, you know, I've never actually hit another human being in my life or something um so and, yeah and, and now i and laid out two or whatever the fuck now i've dropped two in the same day yeah that's how this minute starts yeah what a line what a line to open a minute now i've dropped two in the same day that just means yeah. it took two shits it took two shits <laughs> thank you it's always a proud moment like, when you take two shits in one day <laughs> Well, and then his son asks, um, his son, Brian, Big Brian, says, how'd it feel? <laughs> he says, great. He says, great. <laughs> because he's, you know, he's cleaned out, finally. <laughs> yeah. Um, For idiots. So th- then he kind of, he looks over at his other son, Kid Kyle, who is with Dunstan. Uh, and there's some kind of thing where he says, oh, we'll probably be living in a Motel 6. Yeah. Now, <laughs> my, I think he says this in a sad way, or he has a sad look about it, oh, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. My immediate reaction uh-huh. was, though, that because, because of the damage to Mr. Grant's reputation here, that Mr. Grant is going to be managing a Hotel 6, and that they will be living in the Motel 6 in the same way that they live in the Majestic, which he manages, which is what prompted I, me to say while I was watching the minute, I don't think that's how Motel 6 management works. Um, but I, in... in Upon further thought, I realized maybe he's just saying that their their financial situation will be so bad that they'll be living in a Motel 6. Well, yeah, because they do live currently in this hotel. So if they um, lose, he loses his job, they lose their place of living. Yes. So then they'll have to live at least temporarily in a motel. I suppose. Um, because the next line, I believe... Brian says we'll be living in a Motel 6 and then we see Mr. Grant has a sad look he looks over at Kyle and Dunstan then he says sounds good to me and he's kind of happy about because it. Because he's happy about it because he's learned that all you, and is wherever you're with your family it's, it's, a, it's a five star hotel if your family is there. It's true. <laughs> the, the six star was family all yeah, along. Yeah. Wow. That's so deep. Yeah. So then uh Kyle comes over and hugs his dad and Dunstan has a sad look well because he's been left out of the hug <laughs> well and I I also think he's sad because his dad is bad he's sad because his dad is bad and I think he's also sad because his future is uncertain yeah yeah so um then they all kind of come in 
and they all put their hands in the middle, and the last hand to go on top is Dunstan's yeah. hand. Dunstan is sort of here I- trying to like slyly pitch himself as a new member of the family, I believe. Yeah, and this is when I'd like to talk about Ed. Okay. Had you seen Ed before? Nope. Okay, I'm glad you said that, because if you had said yes and you still picked it, we would we would have had some words, my friend. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, um, the hands-in was a big part of the picking oh, because shit. it's baseball. Yeah, I understand that. I well, well yeah. you know what was a shocking revelation to me watching Ed, and I'm surprised that hmm. I, I goofed up the year because I actually texted this to a friend of the show, Lily, while I was watching this. I texted, mm-hmm. well, at least I know now that Dunson is not the worst 1996 ape film. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, can, we can confirm that we did not Col- collaborate on this <laughs> that was in fact my letterboxed review of this film <laughs> i love that ed is so bad it's so bad it's so fucking bad it's like disturbing uh yeah i was watching it casey was on the couch playing skyrim on her switch um mm-hmm. and i the, i would say every five minutes i turned to her and i said baby this movie sucks because it's so bad and i I now understand why matt leblanc's film career never took off i before we get really deep into how bad it was i want to tell you the one thing that made my girlfriend laugh about this movie there were a couple lines that made casey laugh but i I don't remember them every time this wasn't a line but it was right when they're meeting the team meets ed there's a real macho player who who kind of you know does the macho thing of hitting Ed on the shoulder, yeah. uh, and then Ed responds by you know kind of hitting him on the shoulder and it knocks him over. Yeah. And I'll tell you, my girlfriend had a big <laughs> laugh out of that one. I'm glad she enjoyed that. Uh, I, I, and that was I, it. I, that was I, the, yeah. that was the only enjoyment we all had of this. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> I don't mean within the context of the film. I mean. In real, like, what is it? Um, so it's a person in a puppet suit. Yeah. And it's and I believe two people are credited because I believe the um, it's Jay Caputo and Denise Cheshire, and I believe Denise Cheshire is the body, and I believe Jay Caputo is perhaps remotely handling the face robotics. Okay, so the face is animatronic and the body is a person. Is that that is your belief? I believe that is my theory. What I'll say about the Ed puppet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose Pete was very happy with this film because it's very obvious that no real animals were in it. Yeah. Um, what I'll say about the Ed puppet is it's it's an impressive puppet in that I couldn't quite figure out if it was a puppet or if it was like a mask or what was going on. It's mm-hmm. not a good puppet though. It doesn't look like a th- it doesn't look like a thing that exists. It doesn't look natural. It doesn't look like a thing that that I would talk to and and think was alive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone in this movie, except for Matt LeBlanc's character, reacts as if this is a person. Like they react as if you know they're like, "Oh, good, good to meet you, Ed. Yeah. Oh, Ed, come on over here." When Matt LeBlanc meets Ed, when Jack—that's his character's name. Yeah meets ed he is completely freaked out and he's like you're a you're an an ape what am i supposed to do with you yeah he but it's not an ape or a person 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just there's just like a fundamental break in reality when you're watching this movie. This movie just mm-hmm. makes it impossible to suspend your disbelief about anything because you're looking at it and you're like if I saw Ed, if I was on the baseball team and I saw Ed, I'd be like, "Coach, was the, what was the what are you doing? What is this? Did you yeah. hide, did you make a puppet? What is going on?" Yeah, for sure. Now, the other odd thing about this movie is that um, at one point they explained that specifically Ed was Mickey Mantle's monkey. Right. Now, let me tell you, I thought, well, that's that's funny. I mean, I guess when celeb- some celebrities get older, they um, purchase, you know, exotic animals that you normally wouldn't have, or perhaps might be illegal to own. Michael Jackson famously had a had a was it a chimp. Yeah, I believe Elvis Elvis had a monkey as well. Um, Mickey Mantle never owned a monkey at all, ever. Like, there's not even a rumor of it. Well, I, okay, and now now you've placed me in the bizarre position of defending Ed. <laughs> no, come on, uh, come on. But I, don't under, I don't understand why that would be an expectation of the film. Like, I don't understand why that needs to be true. I, they could have... It, it just feels like... You know why? Why not pick something that is kind of real? Because it could have been Elvis's monkey. No, why not? Mickey Mantle was a baseball player. So you think? Okay, so then also, are we to believe that Ed learned baseball from Mickey Mantle? I, I, my application was that some of Mickey Mantle's like baseball magic, got, like got off of him and got on Ed. Okay, then I can get into that. But <laughs> okay, can we? Okay, the thing that bothered me from. Not minute one, because we don't meet Ed for like 10 minutes. We start with, um, and oh, wait, here's another question. How old is Matt LeBlanc supposed to be in this movie? I could not tell you. There were certain times where I thought he was supposed to be 30 and certain times where I thought he was supposed to be 17. Um, Yeah, I was pretty sure they were aiming for like a 21. Well, because he like, he lives with his parents at the start. And helps on the farm. And helps on the farm. In like a Luke Skywalker way, sort of. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess. Um, yeah, I don't. Oh, J- he uses he uses the uh, the baseball force to feed the cows and stuff. Jack's whole deal, I did not understand. I don't know why yeah. he kept flying, fl- throwing curveball. Like, I don't know why that was important to him. Did I miss mm-hmm. something? Was did they establish why? Because it's a th- no. That's just his. That's his thing. But there's a thing in the movie. Okay, so if people haven't seen the movie, let me explain. So. Um, Matt LeBlanc, Jack, his character, gets, um, what's, and here's where I'm not a sports person, what's Mm -hmm. the word, hired, gets hired to the sports team? He gets, yeah, I guess you could say hired. Um, (laughs) What would you say? My first- Drafted? Sure. My first instinct was to say he got cast on this minor league sports team. (laughs) But anyway, he gets hired to this minor league sports team because he has, quote, a rocket arm. He he can throw Mm -hmm. a very, very fast fastball. And Mm. then once he's playing the games, he keeps trying to throw curveballs. And it's like Mm -hmm. a thing of, like, the coach and the announcers are all being like, He's going to throw a fucking curveball. Like, why does he keep doing that? He's not good at curveballs. He's good at fastballs. And they don't understand why he keeps throwing curveballs. But outside of the games themselves, it's, like, not addressed. Like, there's not people talking to him saying, like, why do you do this? And he explains it. It's, like, outside of the games themselves, it's just, you know, ape drama. I I will say there is one moment where one person discusses it with him, but it is completely a non-starter. Yeah. 
Um, it's him and the the female lead. Yes. Um, uh, who, who I believe she kind of asks, but also explains it as she asks why his nickname is Deuce. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. His and his nickname is Deuce. Deuce because the symbol for for curveball is two fingers. That's not an explanation. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, it's a non-starter because she. It's like she asks it and answers just, it all in but one. She doesn't answer it. <laughs> well, she answers it herself, but the answer is nothing. Uh, yeah, I still. I so okay. So, but you do agree that there's like there's no reason for why he keeps trying to do that, even though he's better at a fastball. Yeah, I can't make sense of it. Maybe to. I mean, maybe it was one line of dialogue got cut <laughs> that he's he's just trying to prove that he can do more than a fastball. I, I don't know. Also, like from scene to scene, it seems to change as to whether or not like baseball is a lifelong dream of his, or if baseball is like something that he had never heard of before the scout like accidentally yeah, I, saw him. I fully do not understand what his character's deal is. No, not at all. Um, yeah. It, because it doesn't seem like he's especially lonely, and then they pair him up with Ed, and even you know the neighbor is like, "Oh, he's your best friend," and he's doesn't seem to agree with that concept. I guess like he needs a fr- he doesn't have friends because he lives on the farm is part of it. But no, there's like mm-hmm. a tearful goodbye to like the townsfolk when he gets on the bus. Yeah. Now, okay, let's talk about buses because who, how did Ed get on a bus, you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Everyone in this world just treats Ed as like a person. Like that bus driver thought it was real funny that Matt LeBlanc had to pick up Ed <laughs> yeah, from the that bus. That was insane. That the bus driver was just like chill and normal with a, with a uh, ape being this, uh, you know, passenger on this yeah. bus. Mm-hmm. Matt LeBlanc is the only one who... Re- God, this movie is so bizarre. Yeah. It's it's also really bizarre that the villain, who is the team m- manager, is um, Noel from Frasier. Yes. And his recurrent, his like running goop is that he has a hairpiece. Yeah, they call him the rug. Yeah. The rug sold Ed. That's a line. Yeah. yeah that's the other thing. It's like everyone but Matt LeBlanc treats Ed like a human being. But then they still they sell him like property, and it's like and then what it's was, like too what heavy was... a theme for the way they treat it. Oh yeah, it comes out of nowhere as well, yeah. and it seems like he thought that this was such a good idea to sell Ed, and it seems like the people who bought Ed were just going to use him as a mascot, like yeah. in a they had him in a clown suit. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, I think if someone, if they were going to sell Ed, it would be for his baseball skills. Yeah. Like, it would, it would be, the the other version of the ending of this would be he trades Ed to another team and they have to play that team. Yeah. <laughs> that almost makes more sense. <sighs> this movie's bad. It's so bad. Um, I mean, it's almost I, fitting that so close to the end of Dunstan Checks In, we found what is actually the worst 1996 ape film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Fuck yeah. you, Matt LeBlanc. I, um, I had to look up, I wanted to look up the director and see what was his deal. Uh, I looked up the director and I want to say his deal was, uh, this, he, he did documentaries. Yeah, he was in fact an Academy Award winner for a documentary. Yeah, not from before this movie. Not for a yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't then doesn't go that way with his uh, 
fiction movies, which I think is just no. Ed. Uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I th- it might just be Ed. Oh, it looks like in 2011 he did a movie called Thumbs. I don't know if that's fiction or documentary. TV movie documentary, it says. Okay. On IMDb. Oh, you're on IMDb. I'm on Wikipedia. Um, I was on Wikipedia, then I, w- I jumped over to IMDb. What about Into the Fire? Uh, also a documentary, also a TV movie documentary. Wow. Yeah, literally everything, Ed is the only non-documentary he ever directed. And we can all see why. I wonder if it was a favor, you know? Yeah. Oh, there's something here that just says video short that does not necessarily say documentary. Called Is that the West Wing documentary special? No, it's Paul Hardcastle, 19. Yeah, that's not a movie. It's a music video, it looks like. There we go. I didn't think it was a movie. It does say video short here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't confused enough to think it was a feature film. Well, we've we've changed our definition of what movies are now well, yeah, for ourselves. Kurosawa is, is the one who brought about that change. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, I forget what was the impetus for you. I don't remember now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this movie is very bad. There's a lot of all the characters are bad. It's not just Ed. Yeah. I, and I really, this is, I think, the first time I've seen Matt LeBlanc in a film. And, mm-hmm. you know, as someone who grew up watching Friends, but who, you know, obviously is not a fan now for a number of reasons, yeah. mm-hmm. let's put it that way, I, I, I want to like Matt LeBlanc and things. I, I, want, I want to see him be a himbo again. Um, mm-hmm. But he's just not he, good. He had some very Joey lines in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we talk about how they get meta? Oh, yeah. They, at one point, uh, Ed is watching Friends on TV. And it's specifically, it's a scene with Marcel. Yes, with Ross's monkey. And it seems like Ed is embarrassed of this portrayal of monkeys on TV. Yeah. Uh, but but then they've they've really opened the can of worms there for. I mean, yeah. Who who, who plays Joey? You know, it could be you know it could be a friggin' uh, last action hero thing where they're just a different actor plays Joey. Yeah, or it could be much like Friends itself. It could just be <laughs> maybe in this some... in this universe, Woody Harrelson like graduated from Cheers to Friends and he played Joey. Wow, that hmm. in a world I... in a world where you need listen, going by the last action hero rules, it needs to be someone who is also famous playing similar kind of roles. And Woody mm-hmm. was the dumb guy in Cheers, so why wouldn't it make sense that he would go on to be the dumb guy in Friends? I guess I I I. It would almost argue it needs to be an unknown, but just someone else. Um, but that's you can't. Uh, like, I can't make up an unknown. You know I know. I mean? Yeah, I know. Uh, hmm. Yeah, this movie is just very, very. We can't. I can't understate how bad this movie it's is. So bad. It's not. I mean, listen. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen because I've seen Food Fight. Um, yeah. It's not. I, I, I would also say that uh, if we're ranking bad movies specifically that we've seen on this podcast, I would say um, I would say Escape from Tomorrow also ranks lower than Ed. Um, mm-hmm. But Ed's third worst, and that's saying <laughs> something. It really is. <laughs> yeah, I think we, and I mean, I don't know about you, but I kind of, I, I kind of went into this going like, okay, this might be interesting, might be fun. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, did you? Oh, I, I did go into it thinking that though, but it it, it did yeah. not. It didn't work. It didn't I mean, from go the down first, that way. 
Yeah, from the first moment I saw what they made Ed look like, I knew it wasn't going to go that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's and really... They, they uh, Ed's not on the poster, huh? Because I feel like I've seen the poster, and, and, and yet it was still a shock to me when I saw Ed. Um, in the poster, I mean, because posters are usually photoshopped in such a way. Yeah. Um, I think the 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 puppetry they they finagle it on the poster to make it not look so bad. Yeah, I'm looking at the poster like, now. Not, it doesn't look yeah. it doesn't look as bad as it does in the film. Yeah. It's really the part where they where Ed dips his whole face into an ice cream bucket. Yeah. I was not. I can't and, say I was a fan of that part. And comes out covered in ice cream. I was it's also really... confused by that part because that that part was where so Casey, who is the love interest, um, mm-hmm. her and Jack go on a date, and she like she leave like they leave Ed and and a kid together, and I'm yeah. like, who's in charge here? Yeah, it's like a kid who is like definitely too young to be, uh, you know, on their own. Yeah, and Ed's a chip. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't tell if Ed was the babysitter or if it was like leaving two kids together. I, it ended up being that. more of the latter. I, I, I mentioned this to to my lovely girlfriend Casey, and she said, "You know, it's like when when I was a kid." She said that when she was a kid, her and her um, brother were both too young to be babysat, but old enough that they could keep an eye, keep each other accountable. Was the idea, and she mm. believed it was that sort of situation. But I, yeah. I think the child in question here was was too young even for that. And chimpanzees, you know, I mean, I, I guess you know the the film is not beholden to the logic of real life, but that I mean that's a good way to to get your kid killed essentially. Mm-hmm. They also had some issues with dialogue. Like they gave the child some horny lines that I didn't care for. I I don't remember that, but I believe it. She, I believe she remarks on Matt LeBlanc's butt. Uh, and I think she was trying to get the mom into it, but it was, and she, it, it was a lot of, she was trying to get the mom and him together, yeah. you know? Yeah. It really just, none of it felt right. No, that is not a good movie. Let's, let's leave, let's leave that behind us. I yeah. See. Let's leave Ed yeah. and get back to what really matters, which is Dunstan. <laughs> Um, so when all the hands go in, uh, he, Mr. Grant, he turns to Dunstan. He kind of has a little chuckle to himself. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hello, Dunstan. Nice to officially meet you. Yeah. And um, they go right into a hug. Can I confess Dunstan, something? Hmm. I was a little moved by this hug. Well, yeah, Dunstan, he's, he wants a good dad. And he just, and, like, uh, he, he just went right... It's, you know, it's like that thing when, you, when like, a, when like a, a pet just immediately yeah. really likes someone. It's just, it's really cute and heartwarming, and uh, mm-hmm. it got me. I, I, I felt the emotion of this moment. Um, so, they're hugging, and that's when Kyle says, Dad, can we? Yeah. And Mr. Grant said, he wide-eyed. Mr. Grant gets, uh, this is also another instance where I, I, I think Jason Alexander does a, a rare good job with this performance. He looks mm-hmm. genuinely afraid of the idea of, of living with an orangutan, which yeah, is he shouts reasonable. Like, uh, he shouts no. Yeah. And he says, we can't. We can't. Yes. And uh, Kyle starts pleading the case. He says, please. And then he says something like he can or he will, something like that. Yeah. Is that all and we, that's the end of yeah. the minute. 
What plugs? <laughs> oh, sure. You don't want to say what you're going to pick next? Uh, I thought you had something more to say yeah. about the minute. Uh, no, I don't. Um, minute 81 will be paired with a film called Mystery Alaska. Oh. Woo! Hmm. <laughs> what a reaction. Intrigue. <laughs> I'm mostly giving that reaction because I honestly can't remember if I've seen that film, and I know I've checked multiple times. I have not. It's a rare. Uh, it's a rare film that features Mike Myers in a small role. Yeah, I think now that you're saying that, I think I have not seen it. So that should be interesting. Uh, I do another podcast. Uh, it's called Nothing New, a remake podcast myself and Justin Kizan and we talk about remakes films that are based on other films or based two films based on the same material something like that um our most recent episode at this point in time is our big one we talk about all four a star is born films that's a large that 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 episode has been looming large upon you since since you started the show I would say true Truly. In fact, when we started the show, there were only three. But even so, like a movie with three different versions, that's already looming large over you. And then they made a friggin' another one. Yeah, they did. And uh, I, I think it's a good one. I think we, we, uh, we just go through them. We just really, <laughs> yeah, you know, because uh, normally we just do two movies in an episode. So four, that's a, whew. that's a lot. But we, we get to what makes each one, you know, Tick. each one. Do I what makes, I heard something hmm. recently okay. about the newest Star Wars film. Okay. And about and I haven't seen the film. It seems dreadful. It seems like something I would hate. Um, I've watched it twice now, so <laughs> um, mm-hmm. we're talking about how uh, you know the uh, a, a, a country star like Bradley Cooper is supposed to be in the movie wouldn't mm-hmm. wouldn't be cool and wouldn't have the pull wouldn't mean the same things to a young person that it did in past versions of the film say um hmm. and that instead it should have been a soundcloud rapper i mean not uh, really cooper fu- like you'd have to recast obviously no, no, no. <laughs> i fully i 100 percent agree with what you're proposing i'm not proposing this <laughs> it was either uh macy rodman or theta hamill on, on on the podcast nympho wars that proposed this i, I yeah, can't remember I, which of them had the idea I'm going to tell you, I fully agree with that. We we don't really get into it in the episode, but the idea that all the remakes have really maintained a, a, a similar hierarchy, structure, whatever you want to call it, it really, you know, they're just hitting some very similar beats over and over. Yeah. Um, the one, the, the, the big changes are, are kind of going from movies to music. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's really... Um, that would be interesting. I would have, I would, <laughs> I would like, you know, when, because I, I, I watch these, you know, remakes for this podcast, I like when they're interesting. <laughs> I think you don't you know? even need the qualifier. I think it's, I think it's fair to say that, that uh, as a human being, you like when movies you watch are interesting. Yeah. I, well, I think some people, you know, like, um, I don't know. I like like some some things like you know like a uh, different versions of Hamlet or or Romeo and Juliet. It's like well, you want to see the things that you like, 
each time. Uh, but then sometimes you get Baz Luhrmann coming Baz up Luhrmann with the... Baz Luhrmann just hits the gas. Yeah. Makes it interesting. Yeah, makes it interesting. You're, uh, uh, you're all right, so, so check that out. BenVinArc.com slash nothing new. Uh, another podcast I do is called It's On My List. It's on my list pod.com. Because your kiss, your kiss is on my list. Every month, me and a group of friends get together and talk about movies that people say you should see or we think that other people should see or just movies that are, uh, you know, b- big movies that we haven't seen. It's There are important movies out there and we're trying to watch them and, and tell other people if they're important or if they're overrated, underrated, and who knows. You're like the Ash Ketchum of, of movies. We're trying to catch you them all. You gotta watch them all, yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I think that's more just me personally. I'm just... Yeah, I if, said if, you're if, like if it, the Ash Ketchum of oh, okay. movies. I... Um, I think if it were possible, like humanly possible, for me to watch every single movie, I would try. Honestly, same. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I and yeah, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram as 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 <laughs> okay at podcaster Andrew. Okay, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at very cool Emily. <laughs> Uh, you can also go to dietcoke.cool to see me stream on Twitch. Um, I got some other podcasts. One's called Go Go Godzilla. Sort of on a hiatus. I hope to bring it back one day, but it's a show that I, I, I think I, 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 I want I, I it to be it. nice, and that involves a lot of work, and uh, it's tricky sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I am really proud of the, the episodes we have up, so it's Go Go Godzilla. Check that out. Um, there's also uh, The Big Match Minute, which I do with friend of the show, Lily. Um, and that is where uh, we, we talk about we we do minute by movies by minute breakdowns like this, but for wrestling matches. Were you gonna say something? I'm sorry if I cut you off. No, I just I I miss Go Go Godzilla. Oh, you know it's it's tricky. It's a good show. <laughs> it is, and I you. like I, I like that. my friends doing shows. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can rate and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars, and. In the text of the review, um, I mean, obviously, I think they should just write Ed is bad. Yeah, just just write a scathing review of the movie Ed if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, just talk about how fortunate you are and how glad and how much your life has improved for not having seen the movie Ed. Yeah. We also have um, Twitter and Instagram and all those other things for Dunstan for our show, the official Dunstan Checks In podcast. Uh, on Twitter, it's Majestic Hotel and Why. On Instagram, it's Dunstan Checks Men. On YouTube, search for Dunstan Checks Men. That's a typo. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> that's yeah, don't why, worry about that's it. Why Patreon. Dunstan Checks Men. Patreon's the same. You know, it's all it's all there. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. And remember, Dunstan is spelled with a U. Ah! And we're checking out. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Nothing new is something new. That great poets imitate and improve. Where our small ones steal and spoil. Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Justin. And if it wasn't readily apparent at that, 
we're huge nerds about remakes. That's why we're doing the Nothing New Podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a remake in detail and its original, covering them in whatever order they come out, from Wizard Waz to It and beyond. They're remaking Stuart Gordon's 1986 sci-fi horror classic from beyond? Oh, no. Not yet. Oh, that's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Justin and I, and maybe a guest or two, to explore the wonderful world of remix, film by film. Remakes have been done forever. People talk, but Scarface don't even know that was a remake. Oh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Antoine Fuqua. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.